Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, well, this week we're here. Uh, I have the great pleasure to be talking with uh, the co-creators of Bad Girls, a, a new, uh, a, a really powerful um, fictional work based in with some really historical context to it, published by Gallery 13, their new graphic line. Um, uh, Alex DeCampi, the writer, Victor Santos, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Happy to be oh, yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking with Alex DeCampi, uh, the writer in Brooklyn, right? Manhattan. Manhattan. You're in Manhattan. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> as am I, uh, and on the Lower East Side. And Victor, uh, you, you're in Bilbao, uh, Spain? Exactly. Uh, Bilbao in the north of Spain. All right. All right. Excellent. Uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, your novel, which is set uh, in, in Havana. Uh, uh, Bad Girls, $6 million, 12 hours to get out of Cuba. It, it has the... Uh, there's a superficial impression that uh, of it being a heist, uh, kind of a heist book, a, a, like a caper film. But but really, what you uh, what you both have done is really created um, a set of characters, women characters uh, that for me uh, is uh, show them show their sense of sur- uh, of being survivors, their determination. Uh, and their characters come out under pressure. Uh, and it, that's my impression of it. But it's also got an incredibly glamorous, you know, setting. So I, I'm gonna, my first question is to you, Alex. Can you, uh, can you it, it, tell us a little bit about, um, the, the background, uh, of you putting together this novel? Um, the book all started with a piece of art from Tim Sale, of all people. He did a sketch of, of, and Tim Sale's a, a you know, well-known comics artist, mm-hmm. uh, uh, draws beautiful women in beautiful dresses and he'd done some commission of <laughs> Nick Fury and behind Nick Fury is standing like one or two women in these just amazing dresses and I was looking at this piece of art on Twitter like three or four years ago going can we just like move Nick Fury out of the picture and talk more about that dress <laughs> like we don't need this guy in, like he's the least interesting thing about this um, and so I got to thinking I'd love to draw a book that you know, I love to write a book that literally a thriller that literally just moves the man out of the picture, um, and so I thought about when I could place the book in history where the women could wear great dresses and it could be you know some sort of heist or caper or crime mm-hmm. book, definitely a noir. Yes, and um, I la- I did some historic research. I was thinking about you know the Indian partition, you know like things that interesting things that happened. Um, and I started reading about Cuba and the end of Batista's regime and the beginning mm-hmm. of Castro's. And when I found out that Batista fled Cuba on New Year's Eve, 1958, 59, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and uh. I put these women together. I mean, the main characters are uh, Taffy, who's the uh, a black American uh, mm-hmm. night, nightclub MC singer. Um, in this fabulous like Havana nightclub run by the mob, El Eden. It's mm-hmm. it's fictional. There was no El Eden. Um, yeah, I want to ask you more about that, but go on, about these casinos, but go on. Yes. Uh, there's Carol, who's white American, and she's the uh, 
casino bosses, the mob casino bosses, girlfriend, a uh, very fragile white woman. Um, and uh, then there's Anna, who's one of the star dancers. She's like a Cuban mambo queen, sort of like Celia Cruz, but mm-hmm. not really. And, and Anna's a single mother of a daughter named Leonella. And we find more about that later. Yes. Yes. Um, and these three women are not friends. And I think that's important to underline. Like they are not friends. Like, Taffy and Anna share a dressing room. So they are mm-hmm. more friendly and, you know, Taffy will look after Anna's daughter when Anna's on stage and Taffy isn't. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're not, like, best buds. And the theme of the book is not that they overcome their differences and become friends by <laughs> no. adversity. Okay. Absolutely um, not. Because <laughs> that book, that sort of book, that sort of theme makes me tired because these women wouldn't be friends in real life. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things going on that would prevent them being friends, one of which is their self-interest. They're not yes. selfish people. But under a tremendous amount of pressure, they have to make choices about saving themselves or saving an, you know, one of the others. Yes. And they're situational allies. Yes, they're situational allies. They come across uh, $6 million in misplaced mob money and try to get out of Cuba ahead of the mob. Um, and this is not – I want to emphasize, though, that this is not the story of the Cuban Revolution. I am not Cuban. It is not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's the story of a bunch of p- predominantly expats floating on the surface of this community, of this culture, that, they're ver- that they have very little emotional or uh, physical investment in other than running this casino where rich Americans fly in and, and gamble and then leave and rich Cubans also participate. Um and as as a person who is an expat for many many years in various cultures around the world myself like i find i find it fascinating this like thin veneer of expat culture that like, i was an expat in hong kong where it's a very very different culture between the white british culture and 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 the and the cantonese culture there um the relationship between the expat and the community which they they are tend to to they are essentially exploiting is 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 really fascinating to me and that's yeah. hopefully what i brought out a lot in this book, um, and there's another there's another female character that sort of um, yes. embodies the the sort of um, the the cultural cluelessness uh, that you're talking about with this expatriate community. Yes, that's Kitty. She's, yes, she's an 18 year old wannabe actress who who's who's like there are three women who are who like seriously face death and are trying to escape with mob money. All Kitty wants to do is find the, the New Year's Eve party where Marlon Brando is. So <laughs> yes. she up with it. This is yes. her goal. She yes. has the pettiest goal imaginable in the book. And she, she's, she's that girl that when you go into a party and she says hi to you and she gives you a hug hello, you know she's already looking over your shoulder for who else is more important to go talk to. And that is Kitty. And so Kitty has this kind of like privileged white American girl view. Kitty's never paid for anything in her life. You'll notice that throughout the book. <laughs> yes. Um, and she just like, pe- things people give her, she just discards because she yeah. like a drink or a cigarette. She knows sure. she can just get another one. Um, and I know, I, I <laughs> and know men that. do give her girl. things. Yes. Yes. Um, and she just charges through with this like incredible, incredible, like ignorance, incredible, but utterly believable ignorance about yes. what's going on around her. <laughs> just asking favors of people in the most inappropriate situations. And I kind of love her because it allowed me to talk a little bit about what's going, the impact of the, of the Cuban revolution around her, but she has no interest. She doesn't care. So it's this very kind of dispassionate, clueless look at what's at real history that's happening. 
But she's an excellent device um, because the the uh, uh, her character certainly represents a certain kind of a person. But you mm. use her to great effect to tie together these kind of disparate elements that are all moving in relationship to one another in the book, but are completely unaware of what's there going or what's going on. Yes, it's really great. Let me jump quickly to Victor because uh, um, one of the things I'm interested in too, and I'm glad that you brought up the dresses, the fabulous dresses, the fabulous character designs. And uh, Victor, I'd love to hear more about um, you know how you designed your characters, and of course the the um, you know your drawing style. It's very expressive, but you you still have managed to kind of really evoke this period. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your character designs and um, uh, the, the wonderful dresses that these women wear in the book? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm trying to explain some technical things in my uh, poor English, but I, okay. I, I do my best. I do my best. Uh, it's very interesting because um, uh, uh, sometimes uh, we, we, you, you can work in the, in the comic business and at the same time, uh, be completely outside of the world and and the clothes and the and the ghosts and all the elements of the of of the normal life of the usual life. So when you work in a when you work on a on a, a story place it in a in a very specific place and in a very specific age, you need to do a, a lot of work. And uh, and I have and uh, one of the reasons I I was so. Uh, so uh, happy working on, on this project was a challenge. The challenge to to work on on this on on these elements, you know, I, I'm doing my my own books. Uh, I can um, cheat myself, and if something is difficult, I can um, change the story and and doing something more comf- comfortable to me. Sure. But when I, when you're working with 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 Alex on, or another uh, talented writer. He uh, he puts or she puts you in in the challenge, and the challenge of the, of, of this story was working on the on the on the elements of every character. My my idea was the uh, the clothes and the ghosts were um, uh, like a part of the of the character design, mm-hmm. uh, like the like a like the 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 weapons in a fantasy or action story. The the clothes and the the uh, how is it, the um, the hair mm-hmm. how how the, how the character acts all these uh, all these uh, visual elements are telling the story and the same time the dialogues are telling the same story so I I try to to make every character different and every character uh, you feel real so uh, um, a good way to to um, to make the reader. Uh, involved in the story is make this these characters real. So you know, clothes and all all these uh, elements you can f- maybe you can um, you can think there are um, accessories in the world or maybe it's um, superfluous. Um, oh, sorry. Um, no. no. Let me ask you: Did you did you have uh, do do specific research? into that time, into women's fashions? Uh, did you use photographs or magazine pictures? Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, classical um, um, advertising and 
mm-hmm. books about the Versace, like the Tustin books. I have a lot of internet research, thanks to God. Now with Google, you can uh, almost find everything you everything you need. Uh-huh. And even with movies, uh, 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 fun fact I, I used to tell one of my one of the useful, the most useful movies I find. I found was the the sequel of Dirty Dancing, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dirty Dancing Two, Banana Nights. Maybe it's an awful movie, but uh, you can find a lot of <laughs> dress and 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 young girls and rich people of the of the of that age. So uh, when you are working on on this kind of projects, you you transfer yourself in a sponge. Yes. To absorb <laughs> All, all the elements you can find, you know, you, you are like the Terminator searching in every movie and every book are you reading? Oh, I, I, I can use this. Oh, I can use this. Yeah, so sure. it's an endless, endless research. Well, you're an excellent sponge. Um, I'm going to jump back uh, to Alex uh, because I really um, – I, I'd love to know more about, uh, as you say, El, El Eden, the principal casino that um, – where this is set in is fictional, but I mean, one of the things that fascinated me about, obviously, about this book, um, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Cuba in 2016 and 2017. I didn't go to any of the old casinos, but I, you, you hear legends about the Tropicana. Um, were these casinos based on real research about casinos, even though they were fictional? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. They, um, I mean, El Eden was based, there was a, there's a, uh, history of the Tropicana that's been published, um, and elements of El Eden were based on that history. However, in fa- also the fact that, um, Tropicana was, was actually one of the few Cuban run casinos. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yes. So, mm-hmm. um, with the rest being completely mob owned, U.S. mob owned, uh, and that's one of the things that comes into play at the end, that it is essentially a partnership, that, that there is a Cuban running element to El Eden. Um, and um, a lot of the stories of the, you know, the fact that there was a, a, a um, the slot machines and the slot machines were all run by Batista's brother and they were hated by the Cubans because mm. all the money from that went to, directly to the Batista family, not to help Cuba. Um, so there's like and and there was yeah there were it was a thing where you, you could bring your little girl and your little if you were known in in the casino and your little girl could go and just play slot machines for a couple hours and nothing would happen to her you know yeah. it was a different time so you know when you see Leonella just sitting there playing slot machines and you think this woman is is possibly a bad mother no that was just yeah. a thing like yeah um so you know and like all the staff would look out for her um. So yeah, like there was there was a lot of of actual history and fact brewed into the way the casinos work, and you know, senator U.S. senators wouldn't be offered credit at the casino because their credit was never yes. any good. They just say I'm a senator, and then they leave. So <laughs> like there are little tiny bits of dialogue that are all based in in the actual running of Cuban casinos. Um, now, obviously, Cuban casinos, as as anyone who's read. The, the recent couple of Quincy Jones interviews will know. And if you haven't read the okay. Quincy Jones interviews, you should go read the, the well, Quincy Jones. I think Jones. I need to go and read them. No, so tell me more. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't so read it. Tell me more. Oh, my God. Okay, well, Quincy was talking about you know, his, his, 
amazing history in in music in, in the United yeah. States. He's like, you know, in very low, like, and Quincy Jones, let me, let, can I swear on this? Yeah, podcast? yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a podcast. Quincy <laughs> Jones does not give a fuck. Yes. Like, he's, he's so far beyond giving a fuck. He's like way out there by yeah. Pluto going, the fucks, they're way, they're, I can't see them anymore. <laughs> um, and so he just like dropped these two interviews about a few months ago that were just, they're just wonderful. Um, and he talks about, going to the Las Vegas casinos in the late fifties and how they have like Ella Fitzgerald in to sing, but then she'd have to go eat with the staff in the kitchen. She couldn't walk the floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause the racism was that hard boiled into the way the casinos were run. However, in Cuba, it wasn't like that mm-hmm. because obviously there are lots of rich Brown Cuban people. I mean, not to say that there isn't colorism in Cuba. There is colorism, unfortunately everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Taffy could one – of, one of the reasons in my headcanon that, like, Taffy went to Cuba to work was she, she was, you know, she was able to walk the casino floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a, you know, the, there's a lot of very, very interesting history in all of this, both in the U.S. and, the, and, and in Cuba. The, the, the history of something like gambling is, 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 is a wonderful window into our culture mm-hmm. and society and how it changes or doesn't change. No, without a doubt, and, and the I mean, and the other aspect of this book, uh, which you also mentioned, is uh, in the backdrop, um, the Cuban Revolution is proceeding. In fact, uh, Castro is about to take power. Um, it, it it colors everything that goes on in this book, even even when the characters are completely unaware of what's of what's happening to them. Uh, you really give us a sense um, uh, against the desperate, you know, a- actions of these women to. To survive themselves, of you know this this country changing. But what's really amazing also is that while, like as I said earlier, there is this superficial veneer of a caper movie. Uh, it, I really want to emphasize it. It's not because we kind of have seen an influx of kind of uh, female-driven caper movies uh, in the last couple of um, years. I've noticed, uh, but you've come up with a really fresh take on this thing. Where really, um, this is a, an individual and desperate attempt by all these women to make a better life for themselves, um, and their alliances are strictly, you know, um, uh, for the moment. Although there is a stronger relation between Taffy and, uh, and I guess uh, Anna. Yeah, I mean, I I am bad at high concept. I'm the first to admit that. <laughs> I mean, much much as I loved Ocean's Eight. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't see it, but I I read about it. Okay. Um, I write character pieces. Mm. And so when I try to write like a a heist book or the thing I've just finished now, which is like a a Hollywood action thriller that this, the the script I just finished, they're not really like everyone looks at them. They're like, this is kind of odd because it's not, it's not driven by the usual things you see these film like films, driven by which is like the heist or getting the money or something like that it's driven by it's driven in a very greek tragedy way by the needs and the limitations of these individual characters and how they how they uh meet up with each other so i mean it's it is a very glossy book uh, mostly thanks to Victor's beautiful art um, and the fact that we were able to get a lot of music and put it in the book. Oh, yes. I haven't mentioned that. The way you use uh, type, 
to kind of integrate music in in you know into a visual medium. Really great. It's but there are also children out there who have never heard Mambo Italiano, and <laughs> like true. people were like, I've ne- like, do you have a link to some of this music? And I'm like, like, wait, wait, you don't know these songs <laughs> fever they don't know fever now I, you know mambo know. italiano i can see maybe not because it was a soundtrack for was it, it was a soundtrack for a movie married to the mob wasn't it could be i don't yeah, know it was um, a it was a in fact it was a movie set on the lorry side in the neighborhood where i live as a matter of fact hmm. and i think um oh, what, who's the singer that does that that famous version of mambo italiano i can't remember uh, her rosemary name. clooney yes 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 yes, yes. So George I, aunt, I think I actually know I didn't realize that, but of course the way uh, you uh, you and Victor use the lyrics of these songs that to flow through your layouts, you know, to capture the sense of music or a soundtrack, it also is something distinctive. Yeah, we wanted the uh, we wanted the like the. This is set in a casino in a nightclub, so we wanted it to feel like there was music and a rhythm and a show. You know, you have to give them the show. So, Victor, I want to jump back to Victor. One of the other things about this book I think is really terrific is is the color. Can you talk any about that? I mean, how it, it adds to mood, uh, how it kind of defines the characters in some cases? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all this. is uh, The the colors uh, have a, um, a double uh, function. A double, uh, it's, a, it's a very useful tool because uh, first you can... You can use it like a like a emotional mm-hmm. um, emotional tool to transmit the, the 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 feeling and the mood of of, of every moment. And, and comic books and graphic novels are great to this because you, you can use literally the color. You, you can color a, a girl in red because she's angry. You, you can use a expressionistic lighting in in a movie, but you can you cannot color the, the girl red in a movie. So you can be really, really um, expressionist when you use a color. And I try to to uh, to use the colors to, to make uh, stronger the, 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 the emotion and the, the mood in every moment. And at the same time, it's a super useful tool for um, place every character in the, in the and, and the reader can understand uh, where is the every girl and every character in, in the story because uh, almost all the story is placed inside the casino and and maybe the the reader can can get lost in some moment but using a color for every place I, I, I created a, a a pattern in every in every in every place of mm-hmm. of the of my imaginary map mm-hmm. of the casino <laughs> so you have you have pinks in the in the in in the office, you you have greens in the in the uh, in the story, you know. Yeah. So the so the reader can only only with the change of color, the reader can can see where the character is. Yes, I and, you notice uh, that because many of the yeah, confrontations yeah. in the office, uh, are as you said, they're they were colored sort of pink magenta. Yeah, yeah, and and and. And it works in a very symbolic way because when when Carol is is outside the the office and she she she's not sure if if he wants to help uh, Staffy, so it, um, every character are in a different place, 
and in a different uh, colors. So you can see the the moral frontier, uh, the moral line uh, Alex has uh, placed it in the middle of, of both women. So I, I try to to make this uh, this step Carol must do uh, in a in in a very liter, lit, literal way. I don't know yet if I have displayed well. Yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> well, one one of the things I well I, one of the things talking about this book, I don't want to. I actually don't want to give away too much of its powerful, um, you know, uh, signature points in the book. But I still want to talk about it. One of the things I, I, I um, and I'll bring Victor in on this uh, in a minute. But uh, Alex, I mean, you're a, a prolific uh, writer, and uh, I mean, I'm also. I mean, what you have out now, Twisted Romance. Um, what no mercy with uh, the great uh, Carlos B. McNeil, but I've always wanted to ask you about your use of violence. I mean, violence uh, in this book is is pretty powerful, but once again, it plays to character. Uh, these women uh, find uh, the ability to, to do what needs to be done when they have no choice. Uh, um, but you don't shrink from from uh, devastating violence uh, in this book and in other works. Um, I mean, violence works best in character pieces. Um, I mean, I, I learned how to use violence from watching Sam Peckinpah films, and mm-hmm. he's he's one of the great fathers of like modern cinematic violence. Mm-hmm. And they've taken his work. Um, you know, the, he, he was the first to use like sort of slow mo, like when someone's shot and they fall slowly. That the then everyone from Tarantino onwards has, has taken. Um, but the, the pro. The joy and the difficulty of comics is that you can do anything in comics. That does not mean you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of, especially younger writers, writing this cartoon violence where you know someone gets hit by a truck and like you see all the, the, the limbs flying away because they can do that and it's fun. But nobody cares because mm-hmm. like you don't care about the character and you don't understand what the stakes are. And stakes are another thing. Stakes like in a lot of comic book and their associated films, you know, there's this feeling you have to have world ending stakes. Like you must stop this supervillain or they're going yes. to destroy Mexico city. Nobody cares. Yes. <laughs> so you're watching like fucking like, um, scrotum chin. What's his name? Um, uh, the, the, the grape dude, purple, uh, Thanos. Like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Infinity war spoiler. Like if you're, if you haven't seen it, I actually haven't seen it. I've just seen the gifts. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. So, 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 so Thanos does the snapshot, and you're just like, oh, well, that's not, you know, they're like, they're 8 billion characters. Yeah. They've, they've each been in the film for approximately <laughs> two minutes, except for Iron Man, who's in it for 20 minutes. Someone did the timings. <laughs> um, and you don't care. So, like, if you use violence, it doesn't, A, it doesn't have to be physical. Emotional violence mm-hmm. is real. Some of the most violent scenes I've ever written have been just two people quietly talking to each other without, blood being spilled um and if you do use violence the way violence happens in real life it's sudden and terrifying yeah um and, and sometimes you can tell people who have actually seen or been involved in real violence in their lives because they they understand the rhythm of which it just explodes into existence and then nothing can be the same ever yeah um and so you like you have to really care about the characters and what they're going through. And the violence has to be unexpected and real. And then, and, but for a reason, yeah. Um, 
you have to believe it and you have to be scared for the person that's be it's being done unto yeah um and so that's that's how i use it i mean i don't do it you know i mean the great sam peckinpah quote i i don't i don't put violence in my works to titillate you i put i put it in to make you examine the depths of your soul yeah well um i i'm i want to switch to victor on that same note because uh i I mean i'm curious about your drawing style uh victor i mean you're you're very expressive and i wouldn't call you a realist but your your work exudes realism it's gripping um what about you on illustrating violence because i mean obviously one of the things in this book as alex described it is is sudden um uh and dramatic violence that makes you focus on the narrative yeah it's difficult because uh i came from another books uh like my polar uh, noir books and in this stuff the the violence is uh is a storytelling element is very visual and it's very stylized so uh i can I can't um, uh, approach at the same way a story like Bad Girls, where yes. violence is uh, behind the surface, and violence is something you are feeling all the story in the in like in the relationship between uh, Carol and and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. in the in the, the same violence of, of the country. So where the violence appears, it can in in Bad Girls, it can be, it cannot be. Uh, something uh, like uh, you know pretty or 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 like a um, like a video clip you know it must be um, cruel and suddenly and, and you need uh, feel that heart, it hurts but at the same time I use a very stylized style very cartoony so I'm always yeah. f- uh, fearing to fall into the the caricature the cartoony so I I am. Um, I approach very carefully, carefully in this, in this, uh, in this kind of projects where the where the violence is something more um, more real. Mm-hmm. So simply, I try not to be. Uh, um, I don't know. I try to be honest and not be uh, too much uh, gory. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult to 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 choose a a, a point in the middle. About your uh, your um, your will to to do something beauty and, uh, and 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 attractive to the reader, and at the same times you need to uh, create a sense of uh, repulsion mm-hmm. and uh, and disgusting about violence. So my answer will be uh, carefully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, well, you, you certainly achieve it. I mean, um, you've, you've got incredible character designs and these characters, uh, they go through a process, uh, that includes violence and changes them forever. Uh, one more question to you, Victor, the the rooms, and you mentioned the the power of of color in the rooms, The, the way you lay them out also, I found very interesting, uh, in some ways, classic noir using, uh, the shadows and lighting to to create the mood yeah i i um, i think it's my favorite uh, genre in, in in the in comics uh, the the noir mm-hmm. because uh it works like uh, i told you before about the colors you don't need to be uh, realistic 
you can play like in uh, all the mute uh, movie, you know, expressionism, uh, uh, German movie, because you can play in, you don't need to uh, to keep the same lighting in every panel. You you are not working in a set, you are working in, in with images uh, and in 2D. So, you know, maybe the light comes from one place in one panel, but you can change this, this, this lighting in the, in the next panel because you, you need to, to put the, the, the face of the character into the shadows because you want to show the character is uh, suffering. It's an example. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can play with, with, with complete freedom and the light is, the light is another, the lighting and the shadows and the black and white, um, composition. Is uh, is another character inside the story because is the um, is the way you have to 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 show more clearly uh, what are what every character is feeling at that moment. Well. <laughs> there you go. Okay, another okay. fan. Uh, well, look, this the, the, it, it's a really extraordinary book. Um, uh, I, I have to ask uh, Alex what chances is does this book have of being made into a movie because boy oh boy it's uh it's got all the elements to make a really fresh movie that highlights female characters uh um in a in a very uh extraordinary and gripping way um any interest out there uh there is definite interest cool. um <laughs> that's what i was hoping you'd say <laughs> A, a, a deal has been done, but not announced, and, okay. and I am unable to announce it. But That's it's a, it's a, it's one we're really, really happy with. With people we believe will make a great film and and make it soon. That's terrific. I, well, that's what I was hoping to hear you say. So I won't probe anymore. I know these things have to be uh, that the I's have to be dotted and the T's crossed. But that's something else uh, to look forward to. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to end this right here. But uh, really, I want to just uh, shout out to our listeners. To pick up Bad Girls uh, from Gallery 13 by Alex DeCampi and Victor Santos. Uh, it's really a gripping, you know, it's a gripping piece of entertainment that really you've set in, you know, given it an incredibly thoughtful context. So, look, Alex um, uh, and Victor, thank you so much for being on More to Come. <laughs> thank you for having us. Thank you.